Welcome, listener, to podcast 82. We're not going to muck about with this one because in a minute, Richard and I are going to go and see if we can find any birds' nests. Excellent. Any chance? Oh, I think there's a good chance. I yeah. do too. I know where one is. Do you, do Phil? You, Phil? Mm, the yeah. starlings are in the starling box. Oh, he's oh. giving it away. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> That's wrecked the whole show. Never mind, listener. Um, next week, you'll find out who is the winner to our competition of whatever this sound is. Entries to Richard at wigglywigglers.co.uk or Heather at wigglywigglers.co.uk. Now, I've heard some birdies above the Wiggly office. Yeah. So, Rich, am I going to let you go and get a ladder? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I, I think I'm. No, in fact, I'm not sure that <laughs> it's been long enough before <laughs> since I've been up a ladder, but you know, we're giving it a go. I've got to get over it, haven't I? Yeah, maybe I'll go up the ladder. Yeah, I'd rather I went up. And you could stand underneath me. I'll hold it. <laughs> it's a bit of a toss-up, but I have seen Heather using a ladder, and I'm not sure which of you's the worst risk. I no. get scared when other people are up a ladder. I don't think Phil would forgive me if that had happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Off we go. An extremely alarming sight has just appeared. Ricardo. It's not sure it's not that alarming. Clutching a ladder. <laughs> Can't be more alarming than waking up to Phil. <laughs> It's <laughs> my wedding anniversary today. Oh, oh, oh yeah, congratulations. Yeah, Thank how long you. have you been married? Oh, 15, 15 years. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Right, oh, yeah. okay. Right, we've just got the to ladder, ladder anyway, because I, I had to have lots of abuse for asking for a, asking for a ladder in the first place. Absolutely. So, Adi here was kind enough to, to uh, find me a ladder, which I which I duly ignored and went by my own anyway. Adi, what do you think of the fact that Richard is holding a ladder? Well, you know his track record on ladders, so <laughs> I think I'd better actually hold a ladder for him to go up. I yes. think so. At least it's an aluminium ladder, not a wooden ladder. That yeah. He had a slight accident with last time. Yeah, yeah so and, and, the, and the wooden ladder that he had was broken. Yes, he, he had some screws and some plates off us to repair the ladder before he actually <laughs> yes. went up it. Oh, I didn't know that, You really. didn't know that? No, and that's the, not true. Did, <laughs> he, did he also have some screws and plates to mend his heel? I think he's still got a couple of plates in his foot now. <laughs> oh, it's so Come funny. Come on, you hold this ladder for right, it's, oh, it's, a, it's a big job, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we've got a, a nest oh, yeah. just oh, above the Wiggly office. So we're just popping up the stairs no, to have a look. That other aluminium ladder that you gave me is too... Um, listen, well, I might just be able to see it. Don't you think you should turn the ladder round? Put it on that wall there. No! That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no! Just disgusting. Hey, you can hold it for me. It'll be all Right, there's a bit of trauma going on as the whole office vacates to watch Richard go up the ladder. Oh no! Rich, let me pass you the audio. I did some rock climbing yesterday. What? It's going to be all three of them again. No, we're doing like this. I can see something in here. Who put these beams on? Did you put these beams on? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I can see a bird. Just come in there. Can you hear it? Yeah. See him squawking away. 
There's a whole little family in there, but I can't quite make out what they are. I can see through this gap, and it's just gone again. The shadow's just gone out. But Sound like Stalin's to me. Quite loud. I think they're probably Stalin. Yeah. 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 But I can't quite get up there. I can't. Quite no, get stop my head now. This gap. <laughs> come down now. Carefully. <laughs> That's quite high up here, isn't it? Can you just really gently come down? Right, because the down. drama of the podcast oh, death way. would just not be worth it. No, no, it wouldn't have. Well, it's not what Andy did. didn't have any pictures then, wouldn't it? <laughs> I think Adi's got a lot of cushioning, so it shouldn't be too bad. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Adrian, for coming so much. There is a safer bird's nest outside with sparrows in. You're a good bloke. Oh, I don't know why anybody said that here. The sweat. Oh, listener, if only you'd been oh, here then. That honestly I'll be in charge was of the very frightening. Oh, right. Nice one, cheers. Oh. Nice to see you both. Have a good day. <laughs> oh, oh. My legs are shaking with fear. We're just doing a quick recce of what bird's nests we hope we've got just round the Wiggly office and in the garden. And that was initially quite traumatic. So starlings. So what else? I'm pretty we got? sure there's starlings in there. There's sparrows nested under here. See, there's a cock sparrow going under the eaves under here. And there he is. There is he it? is. Yeah, he's just taking a mealworm under there because uh, Noel leaves a good supply of mealworms out for the. So where does he go? And what's he making? He's just, he's just going in under the under the uh, guttering there, I think. Right. You can see all the all the nesting fibres underneath yeah. the timber, underneath the fascia board. So it's nice, it's nice, I mean it's good in a way if you can make buildings like this that, that birds can kind of get in there and ensconce themselves in, in between sort of tight cavities. So, you know, not block up all the spaces in buildings. A lot of builders, I think, are trying to do that now, aren't they? Trying to incorporate space for, for birds, certainly swifts and things like that. So do different birds use different materials or do they all use hay and mud? Some possibly would use smaller parts of hay, for instance, but you know, certain birds use different materials, like a, a long-tailed tip, for instance, will we'll use moss and spiders' webs, you know, and uh, whereas a swallow or a house mine will predominantly make a nest of, of mud. I've know. got a handy heather hint. Mm. If you want lots of birds nesting and you want to provide material, then you need cows' tails. Right. <laughs> well, that's interesting. What's this here? Yeah, that's it. Cow's tail. So, yeah. Oh, that is, is that a cow's tail? That's a, that's a bit of a cow's bit of, tail. Yeah, so, right. And the dogs bring the cow's tail and put it on the lawn because they've been chomping on it. Right. And then all the birds fluff it up and take it off the nest. Oh, wow. Isn't that handy? That's very handy, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so if it's you've got a garden, good binding material. garden in the middle of LA or in the middle of London... Um, maybe you haven't got cow's tails, so you're missing out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, what I used to do sometimes, um, when I used to um, get a pheasant or a, pluck a chicken or something at the, at the end of the uh, beginning of the spring, is yep. just pluck it on the garden, see all the feathers yep. drifting everywhere, and the birds come and pick them up. Yep. That works quite well. So, binning them. Absolutely, Rick. But there's a lot going on at the moment in the garden. I walked up here the other day, and uh, I can't remember, I was looking at swallows because I'm thinking of putting, I'm going to put a couple of artificial swallows' nests in the new building. Just Fantastic. There, so they can provide those guys with, uh, with some new homes, save them some energy. How will they get in and out, though? Uh, well, they'll just fly through the, through the front entrance because the front bit of the new dispatch isn't going to be boarded up, is it? Oh, I see, just yeah. Just something's kind of open, so they'll go in. If we put some board underneath there, it just means that they won't be able to poo all over the... My all over wiggly the, car. All, all of the products are supposed to go out, yeah, <laughs> on your car, which is, incidentally, just there's a nice bit of poo build-up on your roof. There is. The what sort of poo is this, Rich? Well, I think it's a combination of poo. It's a bit of roosting poo. 
But ah. as we look up through the timbers, you see a couple of swallows' nests. Well, on that swallows' nest, you see a wren. There's a new building. bit. Yeah. Oh, what, what's so a wren? wren is filling in the top of the, the swallows' nest. Well, it's a nice platform for it, really. A nice, safe place. So I it's one the, day the swallows' nest. Yeah. So when are the swallows back? They are. Well, they are back. Yeah, they are, and they're they're probably looking for nesting sites. But there are several nest swallows' nests. There's one there, one there, but there's also another wren's nest here. Look, you see on the top oh, there. Oh yeah. The do they do that often then? Uh, yeah. Well, they'll, they'll they're opportunistic, aren't they? So if they find a, a site, I mean, sparrows often nick house martins' nests, don't they? Go and fill them with hay. And I can see the cowtail hair in it. Yeah, yeah. Look. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of goodies in there. The wrens are funny because they might they build lots of nests. They might build three or four different nests, mock nests. I mean, it always strikes me as a lot of energy, really. Yeah. Because if you're going to build a nest, I mean, I, I guess what they're, they're trying to do is is give themselves some some options, but perhaps to lure predators away or would be predators to different situations. But having said that, you know, I'm not quite sure. Of the, ben- the benefits. You may as well just build your nest. See how it goes. If it doesn't go right, build a nest. Build another one. But they build nests all over the place. A lot of energy. I mean, you think they're little tiny birds, the size of a a field mouse shooting around the place building nests. And the nest is a good six inches diameter. It is. It's a nice uh, dome. I mean, it's interesting material in there. They've, they've used a combination of, of, of things, but if you, it looks like it's been sort of matted together, knitted together. Yeah. You know, they've literally sort of entwined those threads of, of what look like kind of roots really roots and yeah. leaves and like you say hair and cow hair definitely all sorts of stuff in there how long does it take somebody asked me the other day once the eggs have been hatched how long do they take to uh, once the eggs have been laid how long do they take to hatch well it in- depends on the on the species but it's usually between sort of 12 and 18 days something Saddle. like that yeah not long at all I mean you think of a chicken egg which is a relatively large egg usually about 21 days Ducks' eggs, uh, geese' eggs, 28 days, something like that. And uh, these small birds, not, not very long at all. In fact, the whole process is quite quick. Because you think, I mean, they have to try and... They, let, they make their nest quickly, they lay their eggs, they, they sit on them, you know, for I don't know, 15 days or something like that. They all hatch. And li- literally within two or three weeks... Four weeks. Those chicks are, are fledging, aren't they? You know, yeah. They're ready to go. And, and, and I guess it has to be like that, especially for the likes of ground nesting birds, because they need, to be, they need to be up and mobile and fit before their presence is really obvious so any predators can come in there and, and take them. So does each set of birds have one lot of eggs? Do no, they try they and have, do it um, all they over might again? Several. They might have, depending on a species, but blackbirds, for instance, they might have three or four clutches a year, but only one or two of them will survive to, to adult birds. I mean, they have lots and lots of clutches, but they, most of them die. Right. You know? And they either, you know, they get taken out by sparrowhawks or cats or they just die natural causes. You no, know, I knew you have to bring those up. <laughs> 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 well, I could uh, miss an course. opportunity, could I? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if we have a wet spring or something, then it's for time, I, mean, I think we're quite lucky this year because it's, so far as the birds are concerned, I mean, we do need some water now from, from the vegetation group. Um, you know, I think the birds, there's, there's quite a lot of larvae around, seemingly, so tits and wrens and whatnot are feeding their young on life. Oh, here we go. Ah, oh, listen. So what have you got in here? Starlings. There's starlings in here as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that they're about, but they're silent at the moment, are they? I expect they're asleep. They are. Well, they'll just... Um, what sometimes happens, if, if you... If you suddenly... 
No, you see, it works. Sometimes it works the other way around. I mean, what tends to happen is the chicks will always be quiet when the parent birds aren't around. Ah. Because if they're noisy and you get something like, if you've got a bird box on, a, on an apple tree or something like that and a weasel, um, you know, kind of motions past and suddenly hears, hears chicks squawking in, a, in a, a bird box, it'll shoot its way up the tree, of course, straight in the hole and poof, nice Ooh. tea time, you know. Yeah. So they, so they try and, and uh, they're trying to be as quiet as they possibly can. It's just that when the parent bird comes, of course, then it's like, oh, feeding time at the zoo, you know, they've got to, they're so competitive, they've yeah. got to get in first. So they get their big, wide, yellow gapes open and make as much noise and as, and as feisty as possible so the parent can but they're stick only out its for them. food into it. So, so they're, they're out of themselves, really, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. don't care about each other then? Uh, well, not really. I mean, I think, you know, it's. Uh, um, I, I, I don't suppose they they think of it like that. I mean, you, you perhaps we shouldn't sort of credit them with the um, with the you know with the, with the sort of empathy or sympathy that we we have. You <laughs> After know, they, all, they have got they bird brains. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, um, but I think uh, it's just it, it's it's you know natural selection, isn't it? It's nature's uh, it's nature's way. It's survival of the fittest. So, yeah. Um, and that's and that's you know that's a good thing in many respects, and it has to be like that because you know when they um, when they get out of that bird box, then it's the the survivors that are going to make it to. Um, to the you know to breeding age, and people often feed birds, don't they? But they less often provide them with the habitat that they need to actually breed. Yeah. So, but it's really exciting when a bird chooses your garden to breed in. Now, come over here, Rich. Yeah, it's, see, that's a wren in the background there. That people right. often don't imagine that, that a wren could make so much noise. Okay, so we've got a bee nester oh, here. Yeah. Oh, Right, oh, but this is doing well. no, no, but look, right, get right down here. Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, hey, that's a double habitat box. Yeah. Look at that. So we. Where's it going in? It oh, goes. It must be going up in. Round... Its, its hole is up round the. Yeah. The side. You see, that's made of slightly different material to the ones we've just seen in your garage. So is this a wren nest yeah, this inside is a, wren nest. a bee? box it is it's a it's a wren nest inside a bug box so not only here you've got all these hollow stems that are well, some of them have been plugged up with mud so they're full of probably red mason bees blue mason bees and uh you've got a lovely little domed moss built wren's nest on top of the, <laughs> yeah on top of the cardboard um encasing yeah fantastic isn't it yeah so it, really jenny Steele spotted it on um on saturday saturday she was sat here and she saw the wren go up yeah. in there yeah yeah and I said to her oh no should I move it because it's so low yeah and she said because it's so protected it'll probably be absolutely fine fingers crossed fingers crossed mm. as long as Mr Badger doesn't get in here hopefully Mr Badger because Mr Badger is a bit partial to some of these stems that are filled with, with bug larvae oh is he yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think he likes to use kind of a candy stick you know? <laughs> is that why he pulls them out and yeah. puts them all over the garden yeah yeah, yeah. scrunches them up but you can see that way some of these uh, some of these stems, the pithy stems of the of the um, elder, have been uh, excavated. Um, some of the solitary bees have kind of sort of leafcutter bees and whatnot prefer to excavate their own stems. But that's great. I mean, that really is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, that's a double whammy. I like that one. That's a double whammy. What's interesting? I'll take folks, a picture for my blog. Yeah, that'll be that. good. What, what, what's interesting is folks often say if they put out a, a bumblebee box or something like that, and they say, oh. 
how do you get my mummies? Because I've only got mice in here. Or, you know, if I put a frog box, I've only got voles in my frog box. But I always think it's great. If you put something there, then you're providing habitat for something. It might not be exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. But it's brilliant that you're providing a home for something or other. Yeah. For any, any embellishment as far as habitat's concerned in a garden is superb. All these things, are, you know, have a role in the, in the ecology of the but garden. But as humans, we do like a certain thing for a yeah, certain Yeah, we do. We, so, we, well, this is the whole thing about garden, isn't it? It's like psychologically impregnated that the right plant has to be in the right place. Yes. If the plant isn't there, if we haven't put it there... It's um, a weed. Then it's inappropriate and, it's, and, and, yeah, and it's a weed. And, of course, you know, it's, if, to get away from that mindset is very much what natural garden is all about, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we're here. Do you want to do a bit of pond dipping? See if uh, oh, we should, anything's we can do, going yeah. on. Should we have a look? Why don't we? <laughs> we, we, we did. Uh, everything's come into life now. I think there's this garden is. Um, oh, what? Is, Bird is absolutely fanatical. Mad. Yeah. One of the problems of, uh, of uh, importing foreign aquatic, well, any any foreign plants, but especially foreign aquatic plants, you've got a load of stonewort in here. This is like a New Zealand stonewort, which the birds love it to bathe on. You know, they'll get on there and uh, you know, they'll be flapping away, and it's a really good platform, but it's so invasive that it just kind of... You can see how it's growing into the pond, and if you're yeah. not on top of it all the time, um, then it would quite easily take over. So in a wild situation, you know, it sort of blankets absolutely everything else out. You know, in this situation, it's fine because you know we can come out and we can pull it out if it gets too invasive, and it does provide a really good platform for the birds. Right, get the nets then. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a, oh, look at the size of these snails. Yeah. Massive, greater pond snails in here. I mean, that's look at that guy. That's huge. That's a whopper. How big is that? Do you think? Ah, that is a good ooh, three and a half centimeters long. Gotta be, isn't it? Gotta be. And these guys are fine, and in a wildlife pond, it's always great to have a load of snails. They're quite carnivorous, you know, though. I was they're... just going to ask you, what's he doing? Because he's kind of just hanging out. Yeah, he's kind of hanging out. I mean, they're grazers, obviously, but they, um, they'll they spend a lot of time. You see that one down there that's just under the surface, and you can see its mouth is just kind of mopping up um, material that's just under the surface film. And those that might be you know, tiny insects that have, that have floated and died on the surface. It might be algae. But if they could get hold of a tadpole or a newt pole or something like that, they'll eat it. They're yeah. Definitely. But obviously they're kind of slow. So. Well, I don't know anything about snails. So where is its head and well, its bum? And it's, well, everything. So its bum will be in the uh, in the end of the end of the uh, end of the shell. In fact. So uh, where's they are the very poop much kind of, They're very much kind of part of the shell. So uh, you couldn't you can't sort of extract it and, and right. expect it to live. Um, with these guys. The shell is growing all the time, so the shell grows alongside the the animal inside. So, did it start as a tiny spiral? Tiny, tiny little, little and it's spiral. growing round it. Uh, pretty much what it is, a bit like the, uh, the the rings of a tree. And you could probably you can age these things by the you see the this here. Yeah, is probably about twelve months growth. So it's almost like the concentric rings in the uh, section of a, a tree stump. And I always think they're you know, they're lovely animals, really. There can be a problem. I, mean, I remember years ago when we were fish farming, snails could be a problem because they can carry some various parasitic spores. And if they get into, a, you know, a, a sort of a commercial fish breeding program, then they can uh, they can infect some of the fish with those parasitic spores. And we had lots of problems with eye flukes and things like that as a consequence of snails. But in a in a natural setting like this, no problem at all. People don't no like snails, though, do they? Why no, is that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because pres- they're always saying to me on the phone. Oh, does the nemeslug kill snails too? Yeah, because snails are gorgeous, you know, you have... Uh, ooh, no, jam. Jam's in the pond. Jam's what in a, the pond. What a drink. <laughs> jam doesn't quite, doesn't no. quite realise that she uh, shouldn't be in here. No. She does like to get in and have a drink, squash a few newts and yes. stuff. Yes. 
Oh, she's going for a swim. Yeah. Oh, I can't control her. There we are. Yum! Yum! Come on! Good girl. Yeah, where were we? The snails. The the uh, the, the fact that folks want to kill all their snails. It's nice to see a few snails in there. I, I think, you know, especially the stripy ones, you know, those, those brown-lipped and... and um, yellow-lipped snails you know the ones that are pink and yellow and brown yeah they're fantastic looking things when you come across them it's a shame to bump them all off so is that a baby snail yeah this, these guys so this guy here is a little tiny pond snail that's a much younger pond snail yeah i don't know how that one's probably a couple of years old i expect and how do they decide whether or not to f- float belly up or hang on to that rock you know, uh, how, what are they doing at each stage? Well, they, this guy here, so this guy is crawling along this rock and it's grazing on the algae that's on the rock. Right. So that's what it's feeding on at the moment. I, think it's, I guess it's very much what they, what they want to do. You see now, that one, you can see quite clearly the mouth supping in al- algae oh, from yeah. the surface of the water. So it's just a kind of preference, feeding preference, really. Whereas this one down here is... Is, is dragging itself round that Elodea, you know that, that um, Canadian pondweed, just dragging itself round and probably feasting on the algae that's on the edge of the leaves. They're probably not even feeding on the, the plant itself. So if they're going for the algae, are they keeping the pond clean? Yeah, it, it certainly helps to keep the pond, you know, to keep the algae down in the pond. They do clean. If you have snails in aquariums, for instance, you can often see how they can leave their trails up the side of the of the tank if you've got lots of algae in there because they're kind of you know, they're grazing off the side of the tank. So they definitely have a role in here. A little ragged robin coming there, look. Oh, yeah. That's a great little plant, isn't it? Just one on its own. So what else have we got in here? I mean, as you can see the pond skaters. These yeah. guys, these guys, I mean, they fly. So they're quite quick to colonise ponds because they, um, they can fly from, from one water body to another. And they feel vibrations in there. You see the way their legs are just settled into the surface of the, of the pond yes. water. So they're feeling for vibrations there. And oddly, they can distinguish between the vibrations of one of their... You know, the same species or that of a you know little insect in distress so if you've got a you know blue bottle or something that lands on there that drowns then um they can tell the difference between that or another pond skater and they'll zoom up to it so we can see hold of it something and else the juices from it and that little guy do you know what that is no nope. that's a whirly gig beetle oh whirly gig yeah a little whirly gig beetle so is he under threat from that skater? No, no, he's he's fine. He's fine. Right, because he's too big. He's he's too big and uh, and hard bodied, um, so it would be very difficult for them to penetrate that body with their feeding apparatus. And a whirly gig, what what's he about? Then? Well, he's. I suppose the reason they're called whirly gigs is sometimes you know when you see it on a pond, and the water, the surface of the water seems to be um, zooming in little lines, squirling around, you know, and yeah. and really really at high speed. Those are whirly gig beetles, so they're whirling, so they're little beetles that are whirling, and often you get groups of them that'll rotate very very quickly. People often mistake them sometimes for fish. They'll see something skittering across the surface, and they'll say, "Oh, look, there's a fish," but it's um, quite often a whirly gig beetle. Right. And Dip your net in love. And we've got. I suppose the, there should be some. I think we might be a bit early for larvae yet, but we can have a, have a go. I did see uh, a few things the other day, greater diving beetles and whatnot. Well, we've got a leaf. Yeah, a big leaf. Oh, here we go. What's that? That's uh, a damselfly larvae. Oh, wow. Yeah, damselfly larvae, so little guy there Ooh, mud and all there you are so it's probably uh, there's quite a lot of common blue damselflies on this pond so that's probably what it is the larvae of that so that'll stay in the pond for a couple of years that's amazing so and then when will he fly well he this one here looks 
it's as though it might be coming of age so it might be thinking about uh, coming out emerging from the pond this summer right um so you know june july time it might well emerge uh, and hatch into a, a damselfly and live a relatively short life to mate and and uh, lay eggs and then have lots of more of these little guys so that you know this pond is very fertile in fact I mean, there's all sorts of stuff going on in here um there were some uh things are just starting to happen now really I mean even though we've had a relatively well we've had an incredibly mild April very hot in fact uh, things are just starting to happen now it's just kind of greening up a bit Jenny said there's oh, a the wa- oh Lana, wow look at those. those so there's an absolute plethora that of must damselfly be nymphs in here now 30 in your net yeah easy probably easy Gosh. that's great isn't it yeah so there's a whole load of those little guys in there a couple of pond snails jenny said that somebody bought a book out that said you cannot have a wildlife pond that is working properly without a pump oh that's silly (laughs) yeah i thought i do you know some writers do say some amazingly (laughs) funny things you know you 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 don't have pumps in wildlife do you i mean obviously you have streams and things like that. no no i mean a lot of things hate disturbed water What's that in the background? Oh, it's the it's the army camp, isn't it? It's the SAS camp. They're probably training. Ah, there's a bit of war shooting. in the background. Yeah, yeah. We're, um, Richard and I are just going to don our bulletproof vests. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, it must be. They're training over on the over Credden Hill. For those listeners who don't realise, we are in the middle of rural Herefordshire, but not too far from the SAS camp. No, it's so, just down the road. Uh, it's it? just down the road. So we get. And actually, Rich, they phoned up last week. Did you hear this? No. To say that they are going to be spying on us from the wood. Really? Yeah. As part and of it, an exercise. As part of an exercise. And do we mind? I'll go out there and do a moonie in a minute then. Well, I've made sure I've had my gym jams on ever since. <laughs> I reckon, yeah, definitely. <laughs> One wouldn't yeah. want to upset them. <clears throat> no, definitely not. No. Yeah, so best, pond pump. Yeah, pond, uh, pumps. I think pumps, lots of people have pumps in ponds, especially if they have fish, because fish tend to stir up the water all the time, and there's a lot of excretia with fish. Um, so you tend to get high builds up of nutrient, and, and as a consequence, you get lots of algae. Now, if you pump a pond around, you send, send the water through ultraviolet filters, then that helps to, clean, to, you know, to, to kill off um, single-celled algae. And also, if you have biological filters, then you, you tend to have a better filtering of the nutrient, so that you know, the nitrates, nitrites are broken down more effectively but if you don't have fish you don't have to worry about all that and in many respects there's lots of lilies for instance that don't like the water being irritated so um, now if you've got wildlife pond the last thing you need is a pump you need a nice balanced mix of vegetation that's all you need really a sufficient depth you know 60 centimetres something like that will be absolutely fine even though <clears throat> you can get away with shallower ponds um, we, we recommend that you have a, a depth of about 60 centimetres but no you, uh, I think a pond is the last thing and that's kind of peculiar the way someone would suggest that you can't have a wildlife pond without a pump I'm <laughs> and not the, sure what's going I, on there. I think one of the most important things is to have really <clears throat> gentle edges yeah. at some points isn't it Definitely. because that's when you can get all these marginal plants yeah yeah well everything can get in like <laughs> jam getting in and out easily. <laughs> yes. yeah, it just kind of wanders in and splashes about and wanders back out again without any problem whatsoever it doesn't have to panic and uh, and if you do get unfortunate things plopping in there like hedgehogs um, even badgers or something then they can get out without panicking they, and then they're not going to drown but also for making life easier for various amphibians you know, yeah your frogs and your toads and your newts are just going to be able to crawl in there nice and easily and in the wild you know in a, a natural pond very few natural ponds are, are, are steep-sided of course I mean, we we started off looking for birds' nests, and now we've 
can't help yeah, it. Yeah, delve yeah. in the pond. Yeah, are there any more birds nests in the garden? I don't know. Should we have a look? I hear that wren again in the background. The wren's quite active. I, I think probably one of the reasons why the ends, the wren's there. But they, they tend to do quite well because there's always lots of mealworms on there. Yeah. And they're really carnivorous little birds, wrens. I think most birds feed their young on um, insect larvae or, or um, grubs and whatnot. Anyway, even if they're seed feeders, even, I mean, gold finches, for instance, that are, you know, the adult birds What's are seed noise? feeders, but they'll be, um, it's something cursing us. And I think it's a robin, but I can't see it. Yes, it is a robin. There it is. There, look. Where? Just there. And he, I think he's cursing jam. Ah. So that's a warning. That's a warning sound. So he's got a nest somewhere. And, uh, and it's my, it sounds like the male bird. Definitely sounds like I the male bird protecting his nest. So somewhere around there here, he Robin is. is nesting. Yeah, that's so close now. How far are we now? Oh, I mean, we're four foot away. Yeah. Right? So I don't think he, he's not bothered by us at all. He's bothered but by he's jam. Bothered by jam, who's kind of foraging around in the base of the hedge. And so, bearing in mind that our hedge isn't that old and it's not that dense yet. Yeah. Would you expect to find a nest? Not in here, I think. It's not quite dense enough yet. So it's serious patience, this job, isn't it? Because when we were kids, you know, growing up in the country, we used to spend hours and hours birds nesting. You can recognise the behaviour of animals, you know. There's another robin there, just landed. Sometimes you have birds, perhaps nesting for the first time, will make a nest in a ridiculous place because they don't know any better. Right. But, of course, if you're providing habitat for birds, putting a bird box in the garden, then really there's a little bit of thought required. Oh, yeah, there you go, look. So that's, um, what's going on here? Oh, it's there, oh my gosh. Buzzing away. How many tubes scent there are? There's kind of practically every single tube in there. Right, for those of you who aren't, you know, watching this, because, you know, we, we are acutely aware that you can't see it, there are probably six buzzy bees going in and out like mad of our bee nester box. And one seems to be obsessed with going in the back of the box. Yeah. Oh, another one's come out. And so are they are they filling it with mud or are they thinking about it? What, what are they up to? But you see this one here? The, the, oh, I just put my hand up there and frying it away, but it had a mouth was full of mud. Just yeah. There. So it's, it's collecting mud from somewhere. I think people often think of these things as, you know, oh, no, they're a bee, you know, run away, they're going to sting us, but they're completely harmless. So That's what good, because doing... one's just landed on your arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what they're doing is they're going into the back of these stems and they're depositing pollen and nectar and they're laying a little egg next to it and then they're capping off each of those capillaries with a plug of mud and they do that right to the end of the stem. You can hear those robins are really cursing us now. We've got to be close to the nest somewhere. Yeah. It's got to be here somewhere. Is there another nest box close to the, on the, attached to the wall? Yeah, there's one over there. I wonder if it's in there. Let's go and have a look. Let's have a look. And Jam's aware of it, isn't she? Where are you nesting, Robin? You don't want us to go anywhere near you, do you? She's trying to take us away, you see. She's, ah. She doesn't want us to go. So it's here somewhere. I wonder where. There was... Uh, there's a nest box over there, but that's not her sort of nest. Right. Nothing in there. Is there another nest box? Yeah, there's one just up there. 
she could be nasty in there, you see. But she took us there, did she? she so would that be not likely? Going balmy, so yeah. Are we doing any harm by looking for nests? It's always best not to. You know, yeah. if the but these all these creatures they don't like disturbance at all. You know, nature thrives on neglect. Yeah. So um yeah, if you can avoid uh, avoid disturbing the birds when they're nesting, then uh, you know let, let them alone. That's by far the best thing to do. But then part of the human thing of bothering to put nest boxes up is the pleasure of knowing. Yeah, yeah well that's right. Just being that little bit inquisitive, I guess. But so there's a nest in here. Right. I can't see anything inside, and I've got a feeling that it's too small for. Right, we've got two more to check. They're very annoyed. And Jam's very intrigued because they are very annoyed. Robin's nest in the most peculiar places as well. Teapots. Teapots, yeah. I mean, it's a great thing if you've got an old teapot that you don't want to... Or rather, you do want to throw out, you don't want to use anymore, then jam it into the hedge. Oh, that could be it in there, you know. There's a there's a, a silver ah, birch box. At the back of back wall there. Right. And they're both no, both birds, both cock and hen. Oh there, oh yes. Us blind. Yeah. They don't wanna they don't want us to be anywhere near here. So are they protecting Oh yeah. Are they protecting their eggs then now? They're uh, or... yeah, they they're just they're just protecting their nest. So there may there may be chicks, there may be Oh, that's interesting. There's a wasp nest in the back of that nest box. Go through those nettles and oh, tell yeah, us about it. Go it. on. <laughs> it's your job. Yeah. You're the great white hunter. Oh, yeah. So I, I can't... I'm not sure where the robin is. So the robin... Oh, there is a nest in there. Oh! But I don't think it's... It's an old nest. No, it's an old nest that isn't... There's an old nest in there. It hasn't, it hasn't been used now, but what's interesting is there's a wasp nest. Again, a sort of double whammy habitat box. There's an, a little... It's something that the Queen will have made on her own to start off a colony. And there's nothing coming and going now, so... <coughs> Excuse me, I've just inhaled a fly. <coughs> Always a handy thing to do yeah, when nice you're on a wildlife walk. To a stalking. I think that's probably... It, it, but it does look quite new, and so I'm, I'm sure that that's this first year's wasp nest. So there's a wasp starting to, to build in that box there. So a lot of people would go straight out, Rich... Get their Stanley knife and whoosh. yeah, cut it off and kill the queen. It's interesting. It's a shame people hate wasps so much. I mean, they are really aggressive and they will stun. It does hurt when it stings you. And I've had to bump off wasps' nests. But I'd always say if it's in a place like this, for instance, back of the garden, no one's going to come down here. Really, you're going to walk past it what ten yards away. Yeah. The closest you're going to get, absolutely fine. Leave it there because wasps are important. You know, they're going to be killing off a lot of really pest insects lots of they're going to be killing hundreds of thousands of, of pest insects through the course of the year to feed their larvae so um yeah they're they're, they're important in a garden so I, I kind of leave alone if you can obviously if they're if they're dangerous then um you gotta do something about it right now we've grown them up so much shall we leave them yeah be? i think so we can, i think we have to give up yeah trying to find but that's a good thing in a way because if we can't find our nest then hopefully nothing else will yeah they're still cross sorry robin We'll take jam away. <coughs> there we are. Now, next week, we've got some really, really exciting news about some new additions to Lower Blakemere Farm. Oh, wow. Some new yeah. royal additions. We'll leave it there. Over and out.
Bye. Bye. Are you excited, Phil? We haven't got them yet, have we? <laughs> no, we're going to talk about it. All right. Oh, you dipper, I'll do it again. <laughs> you said I'm just going to be cut out anyway. It's <laughs> just too late. by the state. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I should have said rather than social budget. That's a bit harsh, possibly. But are they, they subsidised by the state? 15 years today. Oh, <laughs> Right. I'd have only got 12 if I'd shot her. Yeah, but I'd have shot you back. Yeah, just imagine how, how boring life would have been without you. Then you get felt. breakfast in there, Rich, so it might not have <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, they are funny. Right. Yeah.